Acts, the third chapter. And let's look at verse 19. We're going to look at it in the Amplified. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the coming of the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost. We celebrate the third person of the Godhead. We celebrate Jesus today. We celebrate the precious Holy Spirit who is alive in each and every one of us this morning. We give you the glory. We give you the honor, Lord, for speaking to our hearts today in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, Acts 3.19 starts out with uh, uh, maybe something we need to do from time to time. So repent. Change your mind and your purpose. Turn around and return to God. That's, re- that's really what repentance is. It's not only turning away from something, sin, but it's turning around and returning to God. Yeah. Anybody ever done that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody need to do that right now? <laughs> yeah. Now notice what happens in our lives when we repent and we turn things around and then we return to God. Notice it says... So that times of refreshing, times of refreshing. I think it's interesting that the Spirit of God inspired the writer to say not just one time of refreshing, but times of refreshing. That's plural. God wants our lives to be living refreshed, living filled, and living full of the Spirit of God. And so he says, so that times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat. Anybody been through some fiery tests recently? Fiery trials. Maybe some difficult times. Well, what the Spirit of God will do when he brings refreshing into your life, he will cause you to be recovered from the effects of those things that you've been through. Amen. You know, the scripture does say that, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there is a valley that we walk through, but we don't have to be afraid. Because right in the midst of trouble, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside and he can send a fresh wind of renewal and restoration into your soul. So this refreshing that we're experiencing this morning on the day of Pentecost is causing you to recover from the effects of heat, and then a reviving with what kind of air? There's just something about fresh air. You know, it was just a beautiful day yesterday. The wind was kind of blowing slightly. It was just refreshing. It was fresh air. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do in your life. He'll bring a refreshing. He will enliven your life. And this comes from the presence of the Lord. Everyone say times Times. of refreshing refreshing. are here this morning. morning. Now looked up the word refresh. Now listen to the definition. It means to give strength to, new strength to, to invigorate, to relieve after fatigue, to refresh, to cheer, to enliven, enliven, or to revive what is drooping. Revive what is drooping. Has your spiritual life ever drooped? I think I'll raise both hands. Somebody says, you're the pastor and your spiritual life can droop. Yeah, if I don't keep myself stirred up. 
if I don't keep rekindling the, the, the gift that's on the inside of me. And so, I believe this, that God wants to send a refreshing into your lives today. Now, the psalmist said in Psalm 92, verse 10, I love this verse of scripture. He says, I shall be, notice that last half of that verse, read it with me. I shall be anointed Maybe we could say it with just a little bit more vim. All right, let's try it one more time. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. What kind of oil? Fresh oil. Not flesh oil. We're not experiencing and shouldn't be experiencing times of refleshing. You know where we get in the flesh and we like it so much we just do over and do it again. No, no. These are not times of refleshing. David didn't say, I shall be anointed with flesh oil, but I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Now, the fact that he said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil, says to me that he was anointed before. How many of you took a bath or a shower this morning? Well, how many of you are going to take one tomorrow? You know, it's a good idea to bathe daily. It's a good idea to brush your teeth daily, right? Amen? Otherwise, you will fulfill the scripture, surely he or she stinketh by now. So, we need, we need a daily refreshing in the Lord. A, a, a daily invigoration. A daily restoration. A daily enlivening. D.L. Moody said something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote to you, and I think it's appropriate. D.L. Moody said that people living on past experiences are living on stale manna. Now, how many of you ate yesterday? Boy, you're a lot of fasters in here, huh? You ate yet? How many are you going to eat again? Like pretty soon. Okay. Well, just as you eat naturally and you bathe naturally, you should be eating spiritually and you should be bathing and experiencing times of refreshing every day of your life. You know, the Bible says that he daily loads us with benefits. One of the greatest benefits that I've ever experienced in my life is the presence of the Lord. Just having his anointing on me so strong strengthening me, bathing me, and encouraging me. So we don't want to live on stale manna. Say it with me by faith this morning. This day, day, I shall shall be anointed anointed with fresh oil. oil. Now, how many of you are filled with the Spirit? Okay, you're filled with the Spirit. All right. Now, after a person is born again, there should be, of course, the initial infilling of the Spirit, and, and most of you have that. But then, there needs to be constant infillings, or we could say it this way, refillings of the Holy Spirit. Look with me at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and, and I'm going to take you through a little journey in the book of Acts here. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, They were all with one accord in one place. That's a good place to be in, in one accord, to be in unity. 
That's the perfect place for the Spirit of God to manifest Himself. Amen. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of what kind of mighty wind? And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse 3. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And what happened? It sat upon each and every one of them. Now, if I came sat on your lap, you suppose you'd feel that today? Do you suppose they felt it when the Spirit of God came upon them? Well, absolutely. He came upon them and he sat upon them. Now, notice with me in verse 4. And they were all filled with grief and sorrow. And they were all filled with hamburgers, burritos, and hot dogs. No, what were they filled with? They were filled with what? And they were filled with the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This was the initial outpouring of the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost. They were gathered in one place in one accord. The Holy Ghost came upon them. And when he did, they began to speak and magnify the Lord in a beautiful language of prayer and worship. And that language of prayer, other tongues, is available to every believer. In Mark 16, he said that that believers shall speak with new tongues. Now listen. These guys got so full of the Holy Ghost that they got beside themselves. Anybody ever been beside themselves? In a good way. Amen? But they got so tanked up and so full of the Holy Spirit that they hit the street. And they were speaking and magnifying the Lord in other tongues. And people around them thought they were drunk. They thought they were so intoxicated And they were bewildered because it was early in the morning. And then Peter stood up and says, These are not drunk as you suppose. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And so we see then that they were filled with the Spirit. But over in Acts chapter 4 verse 31, notice something there with me. This was after Peter and John were let go. And this is after the fact that uh, they had uh, seen the man at the gate beautiful, raised up on their way to prayer. And they were taken and they were questioned and they were beaten. And they were told that they never should ever mention the name of Jesus ever again. How many of you know when you're filled with the Spirit, you just got to proclaim His name? Mm -hmm. If you're afraid to witness for Him... It might be that you need a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost. Now notice, the Bible says that they went to their own company. You know, your own company is a great place to be. I said, your own company is a great place to be. Amen? I mean, like, like people with kindred spirits. People that believe the same way you do. You know, when you get in trouble, it's good to have a local church. When you get into the midst of a fiery test or trial, it's good to have other believers lock their shield of faith with you. Amen? And not just common believers, spirit-filled believers. Believers that know how to pray. Believers that know how to get a hold of God in the midnight hour. 
Amen. Believers that are so filled and refreshed with the Holy Spirit that when they open their mouth, things happen. Mountains move. Diseases go. Poverty has to bow its knee. Amen. So they were in their own company and they were in that place and they were praying. And notice with me, the same bunch in Acts chapter 2 is gathered together here in Acts chapter 4. It's at a later time. Here they experienced a fresh infilling of the Spirit. Read it with me. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with what? Notice it doesn't say they spoke it with coldness. Amen. You know, if you're just walking around sometime and mumbling a few words, well, this is the day the Lord has made. Life sure is tough. I sure feel beat up, but greater is he that's in me than he is. That's not boldness. No, it isn't. <clears throat> that's not a person that's filled with the Spirit. I'm telling you, when you're filled with the Spirit, you'll get bold. You'll speak the Word of God with boldness. You'll be able to declare what God's word has to say with an anointing on your life that will cause the devil to run as in tear. Amen. Now look over to Acts chapter 19. We might need to get some air flowing in this Holy Ghost church. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 6. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. Everyone say Ephesus. And what did he find there? He found certain disciples. Verse 2. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. So they weren't filled, were they? They had received the Spirit of God in the new birth, but they had not yet been filled with the overflowing baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse 3. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto him, John's baptism. Verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now read verse 6 with me. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with other tongues. And what did they do? Prophesied. They prophesied. Now something interesting here. Paul laid his hands on them. Yeah. And so you can receive the Holy Spirit. Or you can receive a refilling of the Holy Spirit. Or you can be refreshed by the Holy Spirit by the laying on hands. Yeah. Amen. But what I want you to see here is this. Is when he did lay hands upon them. The Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost that sat upon them in Acts chapter 2 came upon them. And the same Holy Ghost that came upon them in Acts chapter 2 and in Acts chapter 4, the Bible says, they spoke with other tongues and they prophesied. Isn't that wonderful? Now, go over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And look with me at verse 17. Verse 18 and verse 19. Notice in verse 18, it says, And be not drunk with what? Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but what? Now, I don't know whether you notice or not, 
But Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, is he not? And he's writing to the same bunch that had been filled with the Spirit of God years before. And he just drops by to tell them and to remind them that you need to understand that the will of God is not for you to be filled just once with the Spirit, but you to to be continuously filled and refilled with the Spirit. Now, the literally, the Greek says, but be being filled with the Spirit. That means in the continuous sense. Amen. Somebody says, well, I knew uh, an evangelist that was baptized in the Holy Ghost, spoke, spoke with other tongues. And uh, one day he went out and committed an affair, had adultery. And he was filled with the Spirit. Not that day he wasn't. Well, I know brother so-and-so and they're a deacon in the church. And I know for a fact that he lied to his employer and he's filled with the spirit. Not that day. He wasn't. How many of you know that the spirit of God can leak on you? Those people weren't experiencing times of refreshing. They were experiencing times of refleshing. See, just because I've been filled once years ago, just because I have the past experience of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is not going to put me over in life. It's a daily walk. It's a daily manifestation. It's a daily walk with God. And so maintain a constant experience of being filled with The Holy Ghost. Now notice with me, one of the characteristics of being filled with the Spirit. We did some of it this morning. Verse 19. Speaking. Spirit-filled believers speak. Spirit-filled believers open their mouths. What do they speak? Well, they speak to themselves in psalms and and hymns, spiritual songs. And they sing... And they make melody in their hearts to the Lord. Say it with me. Spirit-filled believers do some singing. And the Apostle Paul now, he compares being filled with the Spirit to being drunk. He says, don't get intoxicated with natural wine, but get intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. By the looks of some of your faces this morning, you need a drink. You need to stop analyzing. Stop thinking and start drinking. Open up your heart. Receive the word of the Lord today. Open up your spirit and receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Don't look for me to entertain you. Don't look for me to tell jokes and and bring humor into the service. But open up your heart and say, Lord, I'm a candidate for a fresh infilling, a refilling, and a refueling of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Compared to being a drunk. What do drunks do? Well, one thing I've noticed about drunks, if they're happy drunks, they laugh a lot. And another thing about a drunk is they lose all their inhibitions. They talk loud. Amen. 
Yeah, but we're to be quiet in church, not in this church. You don't have to be quiet in this church. Amen. And so being filled with the spirit is the opposite of being somber. It's the opposite of being stiff. It's the opposite of being dry. Too many Christians live dry, dead, intellectual lives. Do you really want to experience him? Do you want to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit? The Bible says then, if you're filled with the Spirit, you'll be speaking. If you're filled with the Spirit, you'll be singing. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And not just in church. In the shower. In the car. Yeah, but I'm not a good singer. You may not be called to record, but you're called to praise. You're called to lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Somebody says, I've never had the Spirit of God come upon me to sing a psalm or a hymn. We'll open up the book of Psalms and start reciting the book of Psalms and then start singing the book of Psalms. And I tell you what, do it out of heart of faith. Do it out of heart of anointing and the joy of the Lord will bubble up on the inside of you. Yes, it will. Spirit-filled Christians sing. The truth of the matter is, is all of us are in a desperate need of a drink. And several drinks. Something happens when you take a drink of the Holy Ghost. Something happens when you're intoxicated with Him. You know what? You just don't care anymore. You just don't have any fears anymore. You're not analyzing all of the world's problems. Well, brother, I'm just sad because of what's going on in the world. You can't do anything about it. If you could have done anything about this world, it had been done already. We can impact the world. We can affect the world. But you know what? Ultimately, the government's upon his shoulder. Amen. Oh, glory to God. There's something on the inside of every one of us. And I I did this, you know, before I was born again. There's something on the inside of all of us that wants to feel good. And get high. It's true. And maybe, maybe that's a little too stout for some of you. But there's something in human nature. <laughs> you want to you wanna be free, don't you? And you want to feel good. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel good. That's the same way of feeling high. But feeling good. It's what you reach for to make you feel good that's wrong. It's what you reach for. Many of us reach for drugs. Other of us reach for alcohol. But we've come to grips with the fact that there is no high like the most high. There's nothing like him. There's no one 
that can satisfy like Him. Now here's what I've discovered in my life. I have found out that the fuller of the Holy Spirit I am daily, the better I am. The fuller of the Spirit I am, the better husband I am. The fuller of the Spirit I am, the better pastor I am. The fuller of the Spirit I am, the better decisions I make. It's easy to, to draw from the wisdom of God when you're in the presence of God and the presence of God is leading you and guiding you into all the truth. Say it with me, the fuller, the, fuller, the, better. the better. I'll guarantee you, you maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit, your relationships will get better. Every one of us have the opportunity in life to get in strife and to get in bitterness. The fullness of the Spirit won't make you bitter, it'll make you better. Now, here's what else I've discovered. When I take time in the presence of the Lord, the fuller I am, the quicker I am to respond to the joy of the Lord. Amen. The less full, the crabbier I am. Have you discovered that in your life? The less full you are, the more things you allow to bother you. But the fuller of the Spirit you are, the better you are. The fuller of the Spirit you are, the happier you are. The fuller of the Spirit you are, the more joyful you are. So I got a question for you this morning. What are you full of? What are you full of? Are you full of hamburgers and hot dogs? Are you full of sports? Are you full of baloney? What are you full of? Are you full of the cares of this life? Are you watching too much news at 6 p.m.? I talked to a gentleman the other night said he hadn't watched the 6 p.m. news for about 15 years. And I see he's happy all the time. Now that may not be your constitution. That may not be something you do or don't do. But I'll guarantee you, if you'll spend, I think we should just give God equal time. Are you listening to me? I mean, I think if you spend four or five hours watching television, you ought to spend some time in the presence of God. And then people wonder, you know, where their spiritual life is, where their spiritual power is. Well, the fact of the matter is, most Christians are deader than doornails. But not in this place. I said, not in this place. Not in this house. As for me and my house, we're going to drink. As for me and my house, one dose of the Holy Ghost is not enough for me. What about you? How many of you have automobiles? Did you know that you can tell your car is full without a gauge? How do you know? You just keep pumping. You keep pumping. You keep pumping. You keep pumping. And eventually, the gas is going to come back out of that mouth, right? Okay. Now, if you want to get to Los Angeles today, I got news for you, and you have a quarter tank, you better fill up. If you want to get certain places in life, you better fill up. And you better stay full. Otherwise, you'll run out of gas. 
a little bit won't do. Years ago, you had that uh, advertisement of Brill Cream, a little dabble, do you? A little bit of word out of the promise box don't do me. A little bit of the Holy Ghost just doesn't do me. Three points in a poem just doesn't do me. Two dead songs and a sermon out of the Reader's Digest doesn't do it for me. How about you? It just doesn't do it. Trying to make everybody feel good and trying to make everybody feel accepted. And it's okay that you do this and it's okay to be comfortable in your sin. That doesn't do it. Not only doesn't do it with me, it doesn't do it with God. Now, meager quantities of the Word and meager quantities of the Holy Spirit will never get you drunk. If you have ever been drunk, how many of you have ever been drunk before naturally? Some of you are falling asleep and you don't know whether you're here or there. Or... Just mark it down. If you're sleeping while I'm preaching, you're not getting nothing. You might as well have just stayed home. How do you get drunk? Tell me. Okay, will, will one drink do it? Will, it, will just a, a little thimble full of wine get you drunk? How about a half a cup of beer? Will a half a cup of beer get you drunk? I'm talking to you. No. One drink will not do it. Meager quantities will not do it. What do you got to do? You got to keep drinking long enough. Staying in the presence long enough. You can go to a spirit-filled church like Heart of the Bay and get a little touch now and then. You can get a little dab. You can get a little bit. You might, I mean, you might even feel a little tipsy. Or you can go to a week of meetings and get a half a cup every night. And still it doesn't do you much good. God wants you full. God wants you to stay full. Hallelujah. What we need is a drink. Turn over to Psalm 23. Being filled with the Spirit is recognizable. One way that you get full of the Spirit and stay full of the Spirit is you sing. Sing. Sing songs. Sing hymns. Get yourself just a, a bunch of good music like Hillsong or whoever really ministered to you, whether the anointing is, and just play it and sing along with it. And what will happen? Sooner or later, if you keep your heart in it and you keep in faith, sooner or later, the anointing will begin to come out of your mouth. And the presence of God will just begin to come upon you. And all of a sudden, you'll see things differently. You'll be better for it if you'll stay full of the Holy Spirit. It's recognizable. It's recognizable. You ever seen a friend maybe that you haven't seen for a few years and you just knew in your spirit something was wrong? They were complaining and they were crabby. You know what's wrong? They're not full of the Spirit. 
Yeah, but I know they got filled with the Spirit at church five years ago. That was then. What about today? It's something that's recognizable. It's something that is seen. In Psalms 23 verse 1 it says this. Psalms 23 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. So is this written to us? Is the Lord your shepherd today? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the still waters. Verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his what? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. You anoint my head with oil. And my cup runs over. Your cup is your life. God wants your life running over. He said that out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. That out of your innermost being, these rivers of living water are going to flow through you. And they're going to bless humanity. Surely they will bless you, but they will bless people around you. Everyone that a spirit-filled believer comes in contact with will know, praise God, that there's something different about you. Because you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good. And you keep on drinking and you keep on drinking and you keep on staying full and your cup is is just running over. Hallelujah. My cup runs over. Everyone stand to their feet right now. If you would like a fresh anointing upon your life today, I want you just to raise your hand right now. We're not going to lay hands on you in this service. But I'm just going to ask God just to flood your spirit. To fill you and refill you with the Holy Spirit today. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, sir, to fill every person in this auditorium today. Fill us afresh, Lord. Fill us anew with your Holy Spirit. Let your spirit fall in this place right now. Lord, may our cups run over in the name of Jesus. Now let's just all raise our hands and just start praising him. Start thanking Him. Start giving Him the glory in this place. Glory to God. Oh, Father, we thank You and we praise You. We give You the glory. We give You the honor. We give You the praise today. Oh, Father, I pray that refreshing from the Spirit of God would come upon Your people in this place. In the name of Jesus.